Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Inshallah continuing with our series here in the month of Ramadan titled Illuminated where we look at many of the places in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions an-nur the concept of light and illumination. Today we're going to be looking at a surah that we've looked at previously because this surah has multiple mentions of an-nur, light and illumination within it. So we're going to be revisiting today Surah Al-Hadid. Surah Al-Hadid which is the 57th surah of the Quran, surah, surah number 57. And Surah Al-Hadid, which is a Meccan revelation, talks about a lot of very important themes. From amongst them is the concept of the praise and the glorification of Allah, the names and the attributes of Allah. And it also talks about our spiritual responsibilities, our obligations to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the surah, in ayah number 9, هُوَ الَّذِي يُنَزِّلُ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ آيَاتٍ بَيِّنَاتٍ He, Allah, is the one who is sending down. He is revealing. Little by little, bit by bit, piece by piece, ayah by ayah. He is revealing, He is sending down upon His chosen servant. Upon his chosen slave Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ayatin, verses and signs, bayinatin, that are clear as day, that are very clear. Why? To extract you from the layers upon layers upon layers of darkness that you are buried under. And bring you into the light. This is an analogy for taking you out of disbelief. Kufr. A disconnect from Allah. And to bring you into faith and iman. And a relationship with Allah. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ بِكُمْ لَرَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ And indeed Allah is with you, always has been, is and will always be in dealing with you. لَرَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ رَعُوف, رَعْفَ in the Arabic language means compassionate. To be very compassionate. And a lot of times the, the um, if you want to understand, right, this idea of رَعْفَ, compassion, it can be seen it can be seen being demonstrated in how parents interact with their children. 
That there's a compassion there. There's a softness, a gentleness. That even the, you know, most rough and tough person, like they might be normally very, a little bit even harsh in their demeanor. But even that person, you see them with their own child, and you see such a soft and gentle and sentimental side of them that you couldn't have imagined. And so, Ra'uf is the one who is extremely compassionate. Rahim is the one who is extremely merciful. So Allah is saying here that Allah has always been very compassionate and merciful with you and He will continue to be. So what we learn here is now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us there are a few things working together in Congress. There are a few things working together here that are synchronized together. What's going on here? First of all, there is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is merciful, He is compassionate and He is facilitating guidance for you. Number two, that Allah has appointed, has sent the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa So there is someone of the most remarkable character, the most admirable qualities, the most astounding personality, who has been placed amongst you for your guidance. So now there's this remarkable human being, like this superhuman that has been placed amongst you for your guidance. Thirdly, now Allah is sending that messenger of His, who is the servant of Allah, He is sending him his own speech. Not just a message from him, but a message in his own words, the words of God Almighty Himself. And all of this now, the combination of this, creates a process, an extraction process that has the ability to extract a human being, a human being who by nature is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a conundrum, a human being that is a little bit tough to deal with at times, a human being that doesn't take instruction very easily or naturally, at times, to extract that human being from darkness and bring that, bring that human being into the light. And Allah guarantees that that extraction process will be very gentle, will be very merciful. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to tell us something. And there's a few important points I want to make here about what this guidance looks like in a person's life. Once a person has been brought into the light, once a person can see now because they have light, then what happens to a person? وَمَا لَكُمْ أَلَّا تُنْفِقُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَلِلَّهِ مِيرَاثُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, why do you not spend in the way of Allah? Because if you can see now, you have the light, you should be very easily, you should very easily be able to differentiate between the temporary life of this world how everyone's chasing the same scraps only to die and leave it all behind. Mali, Mali. Yaqulu ibn Adam, Mali, Mali. The Prophet says, the human being says, my money, my money. My stuff, my stuff. And the 
the Prophet says, Wa What belongs to this human being? Okay, what you ate was yours. The clothes that you wore and wore them out, those were yours. Everything else ends up belonging to somebody else. Everything else ends up belonging to someone else. Right? So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that why do you not spend in the way of Allah? And Allah owns the heavens and the earth. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something very interesting. لَا يَسْتَوِي مِنْكُمْ مَنْ أَنْفَقَ مِنْ قَبْلِ الْفَتْحِ وَقَاتَلِ This is very interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there are two groups of people that are not on the same level. There are those who spent their wealth and fought before the conquest of Mecca. What is the conquest of Mecca? The conquest of Mecca basically was Mecca coming into the fold of Islam and thereby all of Arabia coming into the fold of Islam. And what that essentially meant was Islam won. The Muslims won. The Prophet won. So what this ayah is saying is that those people who invested into Islam before Muslims achieved the victory, their dividends will not be the same as those who invested in after the Muslims had already won. And that's a very logical point, right? Those who got in early, they made a lot more money, right? Like, in the marketplace, here in the spiritual marketplace, right? Sheikh Mikail recited the ayah for us in Taraweeh. Hal adullukum ala tijara tunjikum min adabin alim. Allah is saying, let me tell you about a business, a marketplace, a transaction that won't just make you money. No, no, no. It will save your soul from the fire of hell. Tu'minuna billahi wa rasulihi wa tujahidun. You have to believe in Allah and then you got to invest in to the religion of Allah. You got to put in your money, your time, your effort. You got to sacrifice for the religion. Okay? So here, it's a very simple fact. Before Fatihah Makkah, the first 20 years of the mission of the Prophet the Muslims were underdogs. They were being defeated, they were being chased, they were being um, exiled, they were being tortured, they were being murdered, they were being massacred. Those who had the kind of faith and the strength to get in at that time, they are just not comparable to those who came during the last three years. And that's not a knock on the people who came later. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أُولَٰئِكَ أَعْظَمُ دَرَجَةً مِنَ الَّذِينَ أَنْفَقُوا مِنْ بَعْدُ وَقَاتَلُوا That though they will have a greater reward than those who came in later, than those who came in the last three years. But Allah says, وَكُلًّا وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْحُسْنَى Everybody is rewarded. Everybody is good. Whether you came before the victory or after the victory. Whether you came when Islam was being defeated or when Islam was winning and dominating. Either way, you made the right choice. But it's still stating the fact that those who got in early, 
You have to understand, you have to recognize, you have to appreciate what they have done. And this is a very important part of our tradition. To recognize the sacrifices of the people that came before us. Right? That the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the companions of the Prophet that's why we speak about them with such reverence. That's why we speak about them with such great respect. That's why we name our children Umar and Bilal and Hamza and Musab and Ammar and Salman. And that's why we named our children that. That's why we name our daughters Zainab and Fatima and Aisha and Khadija. That's why we do that. Because we understand they made that sacrifice so that we can enjoy Islam here today. That we understand that before the books of fiqh were written, you had Abu Hanifa and Malik and Ash-Shafi'i and Ahmad who were struggling and you know, uh, uh, analyzing and assessing and developing the entire system that we can just lean back and rest upon. That before there were hadith books sitting on shelves all over the world in our homes and in our masajid. That Bukhari and Muslim and Tirmidhi and Nasa'i and Ibn Majah and Malik, that they were struggling and toiling. They traveled thousands and thousands and thousands of miles on foot to gather and collect all these hadith together so that we can sit here very comfortably and say, Qala Rasulullah. And that's why we appreciate Imam Al Tabari and Khurtubi. And Ibn Kathir and Razi and all the rest. Why? Because they struggled and toiled and traveled and sacrificed for 30, 40, 50 years of their lives. So they could sit and then write a tafsir of the Quran. To where I can sit very comfortably in my home, on my couch, and pick up a volume of tafsir Ibn Kathir and say, let me see what this ayah means. So we recognize those sacrifices that came before us. And similarly, similarly in our communities, we need to apply this at every level. In our communities, there needs to be, there is, and we need to acknowledge and maintain a level of appreciation. That doesn't mean things don't move forward. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have to maybe sometimes move things forward and do things a different way. But that should never compromise the appreciation that we have for the people that laid the foundation that we are building upon. And this is a part of our deen and our religion that Allah tells us about here. And then the last thing that I'll mention is this. Imam al-Razi who I was just referencing, Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, rahimahullah ta'ala, who probably, who has written what is, you know, very, uh, uh, very, uh, that what he has written, what I would refer to as one of the most remarkable explanations of the Qur'an. So Imam al-Razi, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his tafsir, he points out something. Allah says, لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you have to appreciate the people who did, who spent their wealth for the deen, for Islam, and they fought. So Allah points out two things. They spent their wealth 
for Islam, they gave their wealth for Islam, they sacrificed their own personal wealth for Islam, they donated, they contributed, and they fought physically in the battlefield. Two things. But he says, which one does Allah mention first? مَنْ أَنْفَقَ مِنْ قَبْلِ الْفَتْحِ وَقَاتَلِ Normally when you hear the two, one person wrote a check and the other person went and fought in the battlefield. Which one seems more valiant? Fighting. Which one seems more courageous? Fighting. Which one therefore has more reward? Spending. Huh? Allah says spending first. Because which one is more difficult? Spending. Spending is more difficult. Giving your wealth is very difficult. Very challenging. I, I was reading this narration about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Listen to this. And, and think about what this means. Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, Kuntu qa'idan inda Nabi I was sitting with the Prophet sallallahu Abu Bakr Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was sitting with the Prophet sallallahu And he was wearing a coat, like kind of like a shawl or an overcoat. And he didn't have a shirt on underneath. So imagine I was just wearing this coat and I don't have a thobe, a shirt on underneath. And the coat was not big enough. So it was open in the middle. So his chest was showing. And it, as you can imagine, that would look kind of odd. Brother just sitting there with this coat on and no shirt underneath, and his chest is showing. We would say, Ya Rajul, what are you doing? The Archangel Gabriel, Jibreel, Jibreel alayhi salam comes down to the Prophet. فَقَالَ مَا لِي أَرَى أَبَا بَكْرٍ عَلَيْهِ عَبَاءَةٌ خَلَّ لَهَا فِي صَدْرِهِ He says that, why is Abu Bakr, Jibreel says to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, why is Abu Bakr sitting there with his chest, wearing this coat or this shawl with his chest showing? فَقَالَ أَنْفَقَ مَا لَهُ عَلَيَّ قَبْلَ الْفَتْحِ He's, the Prophet said, Jibreel, the reason why he's wearing a coat that doesn't fit him, without a shirt on underneath, and his chest is showing, because he spent everything he had to help me spread Islam. Allahu Akbar. He gave away everything he had. The man has... You know we say, oh, I, he, all he had was a shirt on his back. Abu Bakr even gave the shirt off of his back. That's tough. And Allah is saying here in the Quran, that, some, that requires even more courage and even more bravery. That requires even more fearlessness and ferocity and faith than being willing to confront someone and fight somebody. Because you, you're giving away everything you have. You're willing to leave yourself nothing in your hand. Except for, like Abu Bakr said to the Prophet Allahu wa Rasulullah. 
I have my faith in Allah, I have my trust and faith in the Messenger of Allah, and that is enough for me, O Messenger of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to practice everything we've said and heard. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayh.